Hey, I'm Brandon. And I'm Hannah, and we're the pastors at New Community Church. Yeah, and it's our hope that this message inspires you to take your next steps in your faith journey with Jesus. Thanks for joining us today, and enjoy the message. Put your hands together for Jesus in this place. Hey, I know he kind of snuck up here, but I just want to call out somebody. That's my brother right there, John, all the way here from California. Would you put your hands together for my brother? He can corroborate and uh, verify every story that I tell. And so if you have any questions or if there's some of the things I brought up, you can feel free to touch base with him. I've got some more family in the room. It's a pretty special weekend for us with family, some people who have been praying for you. They've been thinking about you. They've cared about you. And I just would love, I know we're clapping a lot, but can you just say thank you? My family over in this corner, they love you guys. They're here to celebrate worship with you. Pretty fun. I love it, and uh, it's just so great to see, uh, man, just, just the new community God is building here, and what an honor just to be here today in front of you, just to share this word. If you are uh, here, and it's been a while, or maybe it's your first time, we are actually kicking off, uh, we kicked off last week a series, a brand new teaching series, where we're walking verse by verse, having a conversation, and really, we've called it Battle Ready, we're, we're talking about the conversation of spiritual warfare, that the reality is that there is a spiritual reality, uh, that not everything is spiritual in the world, but not everything is natural either. And what the New Testament, what Jesus wants for you, what Paul wants for you, what we want for you, is to have an honest and a, and a real solid founding uh, and grounding kind of uh, realization of what the spiritual reality is, what kind of warfare is going on against your soul, against your life, and how you can truly take your stand and be battle-ready in the middle of that. In fact, if you weren't here last week, just to catch you up, like I said, we're walking through a, a passage in the New Testament, kind of verse by verse. It's in the letter of Ephesians. And I just want to show you where we started last week from Ephesians chapter 6. Here's how it begins. It says, be strong in the Lord. And we just said it. That, listen, there's nowhere in scripture where I'm told to be strong in myself where you're told to be strong in yourself, or, or where there's this idea that all you have to do is just get strength from God. No, the reality is he wants to be your strength. He wants you to surrender everything and rely completely on him. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And what we're going to do over the next six weeks is we're going to walk through that full armor of God and really take time to pause over each piece of that armor that Paul kind of lays out. And I believe that, listen, for you, this has a chance to really strengthen your faith, to really strengthen your walk with Jesus. Uh, but also, if you're facing a battle and you feel like, man, I'm just getting torn down, you're going to get equipped, you're going to get uh, kind of built up and be able to really see some victory. Even after last week, we had so much positive feedback from you and just the things that God's shown you, the thing that, things that God has already revealed and already begin to kind of just kind of fan into flame in you this excitement, this, this anticipation of what God's going to do to bring freedom and victory at a new level. And that's what this whole series is all about. So I tell you what, normally I set these things up, but I'm just ready to go. Is that okay with you guys? Pitter patter, let's get at her, y'all. Come on. So we're going to do that together. Um, and I, I just want to take a full uh, look at this. Again, it said, put on the full armor. Look at this. This is actually a few verses later. Paul says it again, and so I'm going to say it again. Therefore, put on the full armor. And that's so key as a, as a follower of Jesus. 
because, because we, we often, we, 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 we like to pick and choose, right? And, and, and that's not the case. It's not Paul's point. In fact, if you just kind of pick and choose pieces of the armor, the, the reality is you will not be able to withstand the battle that's going to take place against your soul. So it's important that we put it all on. We really take each one of these seriously. We lean into this and we hold on to this. Put on the full armor of God. Uh, and I want to show it to you. It says, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, so stand firm. Listen to Paul. He's, he's not like forgetting. He's trying to make a point with you. In fact, really, this is Paul's prayer for you, and it's my prayer for you. That you in this year would really be able to take a stand. He uses three different pictures, one that's standing firm on a solid rock, one that's standing against something that's coming against you, and then one that's just, just able to, to, to kind of endure, not just in a moment, but long, long term, this picture that, man, that you could really have that kind of faith in Jesus, that no matter what gets shaky in your culture, or what gets shaky in your life or surrounding you, you have a solid rock underneath your feet. Come on, isn't that what our faith is about? Isn't that what Jesus offers you? And so that's kind of what this is. He says, stand firm. And then he points us to this first piece, which I think is so overlooked, so undervalued, but so important for you and me. He says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. And that's what we're going to be focusing on today is how do we, what is that belt really? And why is that first? Why is that so key? And, and, and why does it matter for you. And so I want to take some time. In fact, I've actually got some belts here I want to show you because belt means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, including my wife and I. So you've got, first off, this is, some of you have belts like this that, and then I don't even know if this is going to work, but you know, this is supposed to make your, your waist look small, isn't it? I think, I, th I don't know, mine doesn't look small, but this is for our Glen Allen community, some of our short pump friends. This is kind of the belt they might pull out, but not me. Um, let me show you another belt. Come on, this is for our King, King William community. Check out, this is legit right here, right? Some of our Beaver Dam people. Come on, that is, listen, this is Bad Boys Ultimate Challenge Tour. This is from Jeff Dykes in our church. Come on, put your hands together. He won this. I did not. I did not win that. I wanted to, I asked on Facebook for a braided belt. This is the closest y'all had. Does anybody ever in middle school have a belt like this, but it's about three feet longer? Anybody? And you know, like you, you can, if you're, it doesn't matter if, if your dad can wear it one day, you can wear it if you're 12 years old, and you, you just kind of twist that thing around. Anyways, that's one of the belts that I had that defined my middle school career. Um, this is a belt I wore for many, many years in my life. Uh, this is definitely a tool belt. Come on, who's got a tool belt in their world? Um, this is, uh, this is, I'm not going to put it on because it's dirty, but there's like a, I mean, I've got like, this is archaeological in here. There's dust from countries, all kinds of stuff. It's a tool belt. But that's not what Paul's point is, really. I mean, and again, we've got lots of different belts. I've got a belt on right now. That's not the belt Paul's talking about. In fact, Paul's writing this, and he's actually in prison. He's in a Roman prison, and he's, he's got, he is actually in house arrest. He's on guard. There's a, a Roman guard that's dressed in this full armor right in front of him every day. And that's kind of the picture he has. And we don't really, they had a belt that's a part of their armory. And we don't really have anything that, that is, is exactly represents that. But we do have something that fits its purpose exactly. And I want to show you that kind of belt. It, it's this right here. 
It's this kind of belt, which again, I had to borrow this. Uh, I do not own a belt like this. But it's this kind of belt that you kind of had to secure around your core. And really what that belt that they wore with their armor, it actually secured their whole armor suit and it secured their core because they were carrying a lot of weight. And this is the idea that Paul had in mind when he was talking about you need to put on your belt of truth. In fact, what's really interesting when you read it, there's not actually, he doesn't actually say put on a belt of truth. He uses a verb. We don't, we don't say it. He says, he makes belt a verb. He says belt up, like be belted. In fact, let me just show you this. This is, this is what, uh, skip a few slides for me. This is what it actually says literally. It says, so stand firm, having belted up your core in truth. So the emphasis is not on, listen, the emphasis is not on the belt so much as what's being belted and how you belt it. And so that's kind of the picture. What's being belted? What's being belted is your core, your core. If you read this in the King James, it'd say your loins, but we don't work out our loins anymore. We work out our core. And, and that's really important for you to think about your core because your core matters. And when you wear a weightlifting belt like that, you know what it does to your core? It stabilizes and it supports your core. Actually, what it does is it biochemically helps your body by reducing intra-abdominal pressure. I don't know, it's really intense. But anyways, the reality is it, it, it strengthens, it supports, it, it frees movement, but it also restricts movement. That's what this belt does. And your core matters. It's so important that your core support. In fact, I asked one of our new community members, Sam Rogers, former NFL player, why does the core matter? And I just want to read some of the things that he did. He didn't know what I was talking about. He just sent some things because I work out with him. So he thought I was just interested in strengthening my core. Little did he know. I have no interest. But um, he just shared this. And I just want you to hear from him. And, and maybe God would begin to speak to you about spiritually why your core matters. Listen to what he says. He said, a strong core prevents muscle strains and tears when you are extended. He said, a strong core allows you to endure more stress. Literally, your back can actually carry more weight. He said, you can have a really strong physical features. You can have arms like mine. And, but if you have a weak core that that weak core will literally sap the power from the rest of your body. So I, I had to get some explanation, like, what does that mean? He said, well, let's say you're working out on a machine, and you're doing a press, and, and, and the machine is very controlled, and so you can, you can get that machine. In a theory, you're strong, but you can't actually ever throw a punch. So you might, you, know, you might, in theory, know how to behave, or you might, in theory, know the right things to say or the right things to to do, but when life gets real and storms really come, you have no real strength in those moments. That's why a core matters. Here's this other idea, which is so incredible to me, just so convicting. He said, a, a strong core, this is the truth, the truth hurts. A strong core does not mean you'll have a six-pack, Brandon. Um, <laughs> but it means you are able to limit the effect of external forces. And the power they exert on you. I, I just put my hand up. I was like, Sam, that's deep. I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what that means. He said, it, it basically means this. Big guys with a weak core are easy to move. Easy to move. And some of you just had a, a light bulb moment with God where he just showed you. Man, you've just you've been easy to move. Tragedy, culture, loudest voice. 
easy to move. And the reality is, it's not just, this isn't like a beat yourself up, but it's just good to be honest about it. And because and your enemy, your spiritual enemy knows that. that he's just, he's just got to, he's just, you're easy to move. That, that he just got to extend you a little bit. He just got to stretch you a little bit, just a little bit beyond what you can handle on your own. He just got to stress your back, just stress, put a little bit more weight on your plate. And he knows in that moment, he knows what to do with a weak core. That's why your core matters. That's why this is the first thing to pay attention to. And what does he say secures your core? What what does Paul say is the most important thing that you need to surround your core with? He says you need to surround it with truth. Put on, belt yourself in truth. Here's what truth is. In fact, let me just tell you what truth does first. It's the one thing to know today. If you're taking notes, you want a screenshot. Truth is what stabilizes you during battle. During battle. It's what stabilizes you. And here's what it is. Truth is an objective standard by which reality is measured. So truth is not how I feel, right? And truth is not even what I think or what I believe, (laughs) Truth is, doesn't care how sincere I am, right? There's a lot of people who are very sincere right now. It does not mean that they're aligned with truth. Truth is absolute, and it really doesn't care if you don't think it is. Like, it just, it is. I mean, it, it's really uncomfortable to live in a world where gravity is not absolute. <laughs> it doesn't care, and truth does not care. Truth, truth is truth. Truth, truth is, is so short, and it's something that he calls us to put around us and here's here's the thing about the enemy it's not really just about getting you to believe something as wrong as true it's much more sensitive to that in fact here's here's what charles spurgeon said about truth i want to hear hear this hear this from him he says discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong but it's knowing the difference between what's right and what's almost right all it takes listen it's not about getting you to take the belt off all it takes See, just to loosen it, you know, just, just loosen it a few. And you're still wearing the belt, but man, your core is weak. And you think, ah, I'm secure. No, 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 if this is loose, it's not doing the work it's supposed to do. Is that good? Listen, and your enemy, he knows that. He knows the tactic. He knows how to make it work with you. He knows how to really get you distracted. Remember what we heard, learned last week? He's a deceiver. The devil deals in deceptions, and he's, he's looking out for ways, not just to get you to blatantly disbelieve something, just to get you to start doubting the truth. In fact, I showed you this last week. I want to show you the full scripture of what Jesus said. Don't take my word for it. Don't take the world's for, world word for it, but this is what Jesus said about your spiritual enemy. That he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding on to the truth, for there is no truth in him. And when he lies, and when he lies to you, he speaks his native tongue, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And again, for some of you, you might just have had a big light bulb moment. And if God's brought you to that space, it's so that you can have the opportunity to change and be changed, and be transformed, and really be able to stand your ground and to surround and secure your core in truth. Yeah? It's so important, Nuko. It's so important that we really understand the power of truth that is founded in Jesus. And so I just want to take the the next few minutes together, and we're going to look at three truths I think are so vital for you to surround around your core. 
you're good, if you're ready, say bueno. Bueno, that's a good old bueno right there. Well, let's get it. Three truths for you, and this is so important. Here's the first one. You've just got to surround your core about the truth of Jesus. The truth of Jesus. This, listen, your life rises and falls on this truth right here. This truth. And I want to speak to your heart in a minute, but can I just speak to your mind for a second too? Because there's some of you in here, and if this is you, I get it. I'm there. You're, you're okay with Jesus. You know, the belt's just a little loose when it comes to his truth. Like you're okay with his teachings. You're okay that his kid, your kids are in church and they're learning good, learning good values and morals. And you're okay with that. But, I mean, come on, Brandon. I mean, the miracles, I mean, the, the, the resurrection, like that's, that's just... You know, like, let's just loosen the belt a little bit. That feels a little restrictive <laughs> to, to, to put my stamp on that. But I want you to know, I want you to know that that truth and understanding that truth about Jesus is so important. You owe it to yourself to answer the questions you have about that, that area of truth about Jesus. In my own life, I grew up in church. I grew up being a believer. I've always really had a faith in God. I've always known who he is, but I'm telling you, there was a season of my life where I got honest about the questions in my mind, about those very things, the miracles, the resurrection, all that that is. And you know what I discovered as I dug and I looked for proof and I read arguments on both sides? I actually found that there is nothing more historically reliable and corroborated and, and substantiated than the, the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's nothing in ancient history that stands up to what we have, the proof and the evidence we have of that. And you owe it to yourself to know those things. Because you cannot live one foot in the door and one foot out with Jesus. He doesn't give you that option. The great author says it this way. His name is C.S. Lewis. This is what he said. He said, listen, you can shut Jesus up as a fool you can spit at him, and you can kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. Jesus has not left that option open to you or to me. And you owe it to yourself to know the truth. And I understand if we had a conversation, you had fact-based questions. And people have just given you faith-based answers. And it didn't settle it. And I understand. I'm just here telling you that your fact-based questions are so, they're, 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 they're great questions. And there are fact-based answers that you can find. And if you want to have a conversation, I would, please, I would love to be the one you bring those hard questions to. I'd love to point you in the direction. Because there's something that happens when you secure that core around yourself that, man, your faith will be stronger than you could have ever realized. Yeah? Come on, one more challenge. I, I'm not really teaching. I'm preaching today. I just want to talk to my new community. It's you owe it to yourself to know it personally. We owe it to the world to know the facts. My neighbor down the street, he's asking fact-based questions. We owe it to him to know the answers. Can we get smart? Come on, can we be a new community? I'm just praying that God would build us to be a new community that we can stand, not to argue, not to prove a point, not to win a debate, but that we can honestly talk to our friend who has honest questions about the reality of Jesus in his life, and we can say there's truth you can know about that. 
good? Come on. That's the new community I want to see. Here, here's, the, here's the other thing about the truth of Jesus, though. It, it's not just, here, Jesus didn't just say, hey, he, he didn't just say, hey, you, you've got to call me Lord. He did not just say that I am God in the flesh. I am, I am the exact representation of his being, his authority, his power, his insight, his wisdom. He didn't just say that thing. Jesus said this. Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the truth. And when he declared that, he gave us an incredible insight. That truth is not just informational. It's relational. He did not invite you to just know something. He invited you to know him. To know the truth personally, undeniably. To experience it in your own life. That's what it means. When we say to experience the full life that God has for you, it's not just so that you can know something. It's not just to make sure you've got all the answers. There is something to just knowing him and a, a, a security, a stabilizing that happens when you know, I don't know the future. I don't know the answers. I don't know what's going to come, but I know the truth, and he's with me. And if you've never taken that step, all you have to do is ask. God, I want to know you. And I promise he's a God that'll answer that prayer. Is that good? Man, I could spend a, you don't want me to take all I want to take on that point. Is that okay? Let's stabilize our core. First, we've got to know the truth. Here's the second thing. You've got to know the truth about your calling. You've got to know the truth about your calling. You have to know the truth that God, man, you are his handiwork, his craftsmanship. That before the world was made, God had his eyes on you. God had a purpose and a plan for his people, for his kingdom to come on this place. And he saw you and he knew exactly who you needed to be, where you needed to be, the family you needed to come from. He knew how to conform everything that's happened in your life to his perfect plan and purpose for you. And you need to secure your core understanding the truth of who God called you to be. I mean, just look at Paul. Look at what, how, how certain Paul was about who he was and the call that God had on his life. This is how he opens this letter we're looking at right now in Ephesians. He says, this letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle, a sent one, someone who proclaims the truth of Jesus Christ. Here's how he opens another letter in the New Testament. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle and set apart. In other words, that's, a, that's language about positioning. Paul knew who he was supposed to be, why he was called to do what he was doing, and where he was supposed to be. Wouldn't you love that kind of certainty in your heart? Wouldn't you love that kind of certainty around your core? Listen, God wants you to know that. Here's another one from Paul. Paul, this is who this letter is from. In, uh, this is actually, uh, it says Romans 1, but it's not. It's from Galatians. Paul, an apostle sent not from man nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. That was how secure Paul was in his calling. And Paul was beaten, kidnapped, arrested. He was sued. He was interrogated. He was shipwrecked. And ultimately he died because of this calling. But he never wavered. Not because he was strong in himself. But because he knew the call of God on his life. And I'm telling you there's a purpose and a plan God has for you. And he wants you to be able to walk securely knowing that truth, understanding it, that you could stand no matter what's going around you, no matter what's happening, that you could truly say, no, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is who I'm supposed to be. And I can trust the call of God 
on my life. Come on, put your hands together and just praise God if you believe that today. We've been asked many times, how did you plant a church in a pandemic? Like, what strategies did you use? And, and we, listen, I'm a very confident person, but we're not that great of leaders. We, we, when, when things got crazy and Regal said, we don't know if we're opening, and, and the governor said, hey, you can't gather as groups, and all that was going on, do you know where our confidence and our peace came from? God, this is your idea, not ours. God, this was your calling, not ours. God, you showed me a forest fire. I did not start one. <laughs> if you don't know that story, come to Growth Track. I'll tell you all about it. Like, it, listen, like there's, there's something about knowing the call of God on your life that when things are crazy and everyone's saying, man, our industry is drowning. How are you have so secure? How do you have so much peace? Because I just know the call of God. I'm I know where I'm supposed to be. I know this is it. Hey, man, how did you, when you lost your job, how did you, like, stand in all that? Listen, I knew the call that God had on my life. I knew it wasn't up to me. I knew it wasn't up to me. Listen, God never speaks something into existence that he doesn't see to its end. God never starts a work of grace that he's not going to see it through. And that's so true for you. For the word of grace that he's spoken over your life. For the truths that he's declared about who you are called to be and where you are called to be. And if you're asking that, like, I want that. If you're ready, like, how do I get that? We, can, we have classes and courses, and we can meet, but I'm telling you, Jesus said that you get that by his Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, who knows the perfect will of God, the Spirit of God, with whom is all revelation and wisdom and power. Jesus said it like this. When that Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And he will tell you the future. About what? About you. About you. About you. And unfortunately, as a church, we've gotten too scared of the Holy Spirit. But that's not what Jesus, and how Jesus viewed the Holy Spirit. He said, this is what I'm sending to you as a good gift. And if you're in a place and like that, that's just a place on your belt that's just not secure. Man, maybe this is a year where you can invite the Holy Spirit and say, I need you to guide me into all truth and to show me the future of my life. I just need to invite you in. Maybe as we're in these, this second half of 15 days of prayer, this week we're finishing it out. We have morning prayer on Zoom at 8 a.m. You can call in, you can phone in, you can just set it on your desk while you're working and we pray together, we worship together, we lead you through that time. But maybe what you can do is just ask God, would you, Holy Spirit, would you speak to me about my calling in these next seven days? Holy Spirit, would you come and show me what's the next thing you have for me? Would you speak to me about my future? I'm telling you, this should be a place and this should be a new community where we can hear the voice of God. And we can say, this is the word, I can walk in it, I can know my position, I know who I'm called to be. And I can stand my ground no matter what comes. Come on, I, I want that for you so, so desperately as your pastor. That you could know that and not be shaken. Man, you got to know it. You've got to secure that core. The truth about Jesus. The truth about your calling. But here's the third one that's so vital today. I want to point it to you. It's the truth about my lies. 
my lies. You have to know the truth about the lies that can have a chance at leading you, that, that come in and deceive you. I, we've said it from the beginning of this series that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He is a liar and the father of lies. And you must understand, this is something we say a lot, and we're going to say it again, the root of every addiction, the root of every place of captivity in your life, the root of every fear you have, the root of every broken relationship, the root of every worry is a lie. A lie. And we all wrestle with lies. Lies about God, lies about life, about why life and how in life, lies about our identity, lies about our abilities, lies about our worth. And, and here's what they sound like. Let me just, and maybe God would begin right here to begin helping you see and understand and recognize the lie. Here's what it sounds like I'm not good enough, I'm an inconvenience, I'm better off alone, I never get to finish it, nobody else is gonna help me, all I do is fail. I'm not safe unless. God's not safe because. I can't let people know. I can't let people see. I guess this is just all there is. Here's the worst lie. I guess this is just all We all wrestle with lies. And when those lies are leading us, they lead us into a space and a place of bondage. But lies like that are not from the voice of God. Those lies come from the voice of your enemy. But here's the good news. Come on. When you expose the lie, you defeat the liar. Can you believe that today? When you expose the lie, you can defeat the liar. And I want to say it to you this way. Whenever I am bound and wherever I am bound by a lie, the truth will set me free. I want to, I want to get super practical with you. Is that okay? Before we respond. Because I think we hear these things and we're like, okay, this is great. I'm all in. I just don't know how. And I want to show you something that really teases out these truths and principles that I think will help you understand how you can take a practical step of freedom in your world. Can I do that real quick? Here is um, a portable easel. So we'll see how well this goes. Not built for stabilization. Okay, so this is where a lot of us find ourselves in life a lot of times, right? I call this the pit. And we're just in this place. The pit can be any place of addiction, the pit can be any place of like, just man, why do I always make that same decision over and over? I don't want to do it. I know I shouldn't do it. I've decided I'm not going to do that. And then here I am. I find myself in the pit again. And in the pit, there's a lot of guilt. In the pit, there's a lot of shaming. There's there's a lot of just self-doubt. In the pit, there's just kind of, but honestly, you know what else is in the pit? A little bit of a realization. I don't want to be here anymore. So the pit is not so bad for that right there. But I'll tell you, I, I've had lots of pits in my life. But the very first place I really learned how to use this whole picture and how to understand this whole process was with my addiction to pornography. I wrestled with pornography for over 10 years. And it wasn't, I, I mean, it was an addiction. It was something, it was a pit. I found myself over and over, and I would find myself just, ooh, there we go. 
here we go. I would find myself just getting to this pit over and over. And I'd know, like right here, I don't, I don't want to be in the pit. And I'd come at it again the next day. I'm like, ah, I'm trying to get away. And just fall back in. You ever been there? Ever been there with your pit? Man, I'm coming at it. I'm coming at it. Man, sometimes, I, I didn't even know. I thought I was starting way over here. And then just, like, just out of nowhere. Why did I end up there again? I know it's not who I want to be. I know it's not where I'm called to be. I know it's not what I'm supposed to be doing. How do I get out of here, God? I kept trying to fix and avoid the pit right here, but I was too close. And I had a mentor of mine who I love very dearly. He said, Brandon, you've got to discover the pattern of your life. And he said, every time, it's not just about knowing here, trying to turn here, but it's about looking back. What happened that week? What happened that day? And I started, I started writing. I didn't journal. I bullet. I'm a bulleter. Okay, I'm a, I'm, I'm a spreadsheeter. So I started looking back. Okay, what what was the thing that? This is where I ended up in the day. But what happened that day? And after about four or five times of doing that, I started started to see a pattern. So there was the pit. The pit helped me really discover a pattern. And you know what I found back here? Is man, my boss said something that just like. I was like, don't you trust me? Like, how do you not trust? How do, how do you not know that I'm, I'm going to see that truth? My, I had a moment over here. It's like, man, I, just social, socially just insecure. Like, I thought, I walked in that room. I just felt like so, like, I don't belong here. I didn't wear the right thing. I didn't, I, I'm not tall enough. Um, <laughs> stature happens to be a big thing for me. Um, but there's, I, I started seeing this. And you know what happened, though? As I started looking at the pattern, here's what came to the surface, a lie. I'm just not good enough. And what I came to discover as I really let God lead me through this pattern is I, I came to see this pattern, that I, this, this lie. I'm not good, not, not good enough. And every time I followed that lie, it always led me to a pit. Every time I followed that lie, it always led me to a place of bondage. And it came in lots of different formats. And it came in lots of different ways. But I found myself running to these pits to try to escape that lie. It's where it led me. But here's the power and the good news for you. If you're tracking with me, y'all good? Are we okay here? Here's the good news. Once you see the pattern, and once I saw the pattern, I had a choice. Not to be conformed to the pattern of my world, of my lie, but to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. How do you renew your mind? With what? With what, y'all? The truth truth here was this lie are y'all with me that's some good preaching i thought that was good come on romans like this was the pattern this was the pattern that i was caught in but there was a truth and here's the truth i'm going to give it to you i asked the holy spirit holy spirit what is the truth that i need to get in my heart that i need to right here i need to know your truth at this point i need to know your truth in this moment what's the truth i need to know so i don't follow this pattern anymore and he led me to a verse first john chapter 3 verse 1 it says this what great love the father has lavished on you that you should be called a son of god and you know what i said that's dumb lavish like i do not use that word ever i have not i don't lavish my body like i don't like how what does lavish even mean but you don't argue with God when he speaks to you. And so I just, I wrote that verse on a, on a postcard um, and I stuck it in my pocket. And I just, every once in a while, when, when a moment like this would come with my boss, I'd just stick my hand on that postcard. And I'd just say, what great love the Father has lavished on me. 
I'm inside. And then when I had this moment of insecurity, what great love the Father has lavished on me, that I should be called inside. And what happened is at this moment, the next time, I'd get to this point and I'd find truth. And I started going on a different path. And I started walking away from that addiction. Come on, and right now I'm drawing this, and here's what I'm drawing. I'm drawing something prophetically that God wants to do in your life. You've been addicted to something for years, and you're like, God, I've never known how to break free. God, I, I believe I can. But God wants to speak truth to you today that you could truly, truly be free at the root of every place of your addiction, at the root of every pray place of depression, at the root of every place of anxiety and worry and fear. There is a truth that God can deroot and replace there and lead you into a new life, lead you into a new pattern. You don't have to be conformed to that pattern anymore. Come on, Nuko, hear this for your own heart from the Father who loves you, from the Father who sees you. You do not have to be conformed to that pattern any longer, but he's inviting you to come and be transformed by the truth of his spirit and the truth of his word. Can you just praise God in this place right now? If you want to be transformed, God can do it. If you want to experience freedom, God can do it. So secure that core. Secure your cure with his truth today. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey with Jesus. Yeah, and we'd love to connect with you further. And the best way to do that is at our website, thenewcommunity.church, where you can connect to our small groups, find other resources, and even give to the work God's doing through New Community.